For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen, back with Believe in Colts, and with me is my new co-host, Gerard Powers, the right cornerback, former right cornerback, I believe, right? Right cornerback. That's right, right. Yep. Yes, right. right Yes, sir. (laughs) You didn't didn't move around too much. I did, not until I got to Arizona. Um, Initially, I was just on the right side with the Colts, and then whenever we went into sub-personnel, I would slide in at the nickel slot, um, like my guy Kenny Moore doing now. Uh, But in base packages, I was always on that right side. All right, all right. Well, we got Gerard Powers here. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Carson Wentz trade. Um, Honestly, it kind of there was a lot of speculation. A lot of people expected it to happen. Still yeah. took me by surprise. I I was one of those guys that I expected something to happen beforehand, before the trade or something of that nature. Like the the trade itself, I was okay with. We'll get into that. But man, Chris Ballard just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would just drop somebody without having something there ready to go, you know, right. and you you look at the roster now and I'm just like, Oh my, you know, this is not a good situation. I'm uh, we, we don't have a starting quarterback on our roster and there's not the best, you know, amount of good quarterback I- options out there right now. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it has me a little worried. Uh, when when that trade first happened, what what was your initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction was just like you just said. Um, you know, with Chris Ballard and the expertise and you know the the smartness that he brings, because I think he's a a great uh, GM, but. It seems like he's the type of guy that's not going to make a decision without already having a plan in place. So when I saw the the trade, I was expecting the next headline to be such and such is the next quarterback for the coach. Like it was something was about to come. And then when it didn't happen, it was almost like, all right, so let me sit back and think what his thought process could have been in this situation. And the only thing that I could really think of was, you know, Carson was on the books for a lot of money. Uh, cap space and all that so if you're talking about trading them and a team uh, said they're willing to take on his entire contract and all that so you might be in a situation where we got to make this happen now because if we don't make this happen we might be stuck with this situation when obviously seems like after the season when the the uh, rumors came out with the meetings with Jim Ursay and all that, that Chris Ballard was kind of hot about the quarterback situation and then you go to the combine and it wasn't like a backing you know, of, of, of Carson, it was almost like, you know, Chris Ballard was, you know, going in the media a little bit, you know, saying that he wasn't happy with the quarterback situation. And, you know, when you start doing that, obviously I, the writing's on the wall, like Carson Wentz, his time is, is out in Indy, but I felt like they was going to hold on to Carson until they knew for sure 
who that next quarterback uh, was going to be, because like you said, it's not too many great options. You're going to have to trade for somebody if you want to win right now. And uh, with the situation with Washington taking on that whole entire contract of Carson and getting all those second round picks and all that type of stuff, you know, obviously that can help in the trade uh, assets that you have uh, in trying to get a guy that you might want. But, you know, looking at the, the options out there, even the guys that you can possibly trade for, I'm not sure who could come in and just be that much of an upgrade than Carson that, well, we're going to just be happy and move forward you know it'll be the difference if Aaron Rodgers was in that that those conversations or uh you know somebody that's been established because the coach we're kind of spoiled fans when it comes to the quarterback position you know you can blame Peyton and then all of a sudden Peyton goes and we get you know Andrew Luck and his greatness and then you know with his untimely retirement if we want to put it in those words you know ever since then it's just been hard to figure out so I think from a fan standpoint it lets you know that your football team starts and ends with your quarterback. It don't matter how many other good players that you have. If you don't got the guy at the head that that's going to touch the ball every single snap and uh, lead your team and have that it factor and winning those games that you should win, you know, you're going to struggle. And Carson's not a bad quarterback. He is a decent quarterback in the NFL. But for me, I just felt like Carson didn't have the it factor to take a, take the coach over that hump like the quarterbacks that we've had in the past. Phillip Rivers. I mean, you think of what Phillip did, you know, at the end of his career, coming to a new team, going 11 and five, getting to the playoffs, and he didn't even play his best football. But the it factor that Phillip has and making sure that his team is going to win certain games, that's what get teams over the hump and get teams in the playoffs every year to have that opportunity. And I just feel like Carson didn't. You know, everybody was just so amazed that Carson, that year he had in Philly where he was up for MVP before he got hurt and all that. So that's what I'm saying. Carson has glimpses of being a good, good quarterback. But when it comes to the it factor, I just felt like with the coach situation, he didn't have that it factor to take them over the hump like they needed to. And who's going to replace him? I have no idea. Now, I know like you, everybody's saying, yo, Derek Carr and, you know, all these other things that uh, no guys that could be possibly um, the, the next QB. And you just look at that list and it's just like, well, you know, if, if they're going to come over here and play for lesser money than what Carson had, I feel like we're going to be in the same boat of guys, if that makes sense. So, I mean, that's just that's just my my take on it after I saw that that Carson uh, trade happen. All right. Well, it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. You're looking at if you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize head on over to the website use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get started bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games bet online where the game starts I'm sorry, I forgot to mention before we got started that, hey, we have an ad. I got to drop in within five minutes of the beginning of the show. But, you know, uh, here we are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was close enough, I think. What's going on, uh, Colts Nation? Hey, you talked about the different guys out there, right, uh, and, and that that are options in free agency and trade and you know the initial take was jimmy garoppolo yeah, jimmy, and yeah. then Derek carr started getting in the conversation and now we're looking at marcus mariota mitch yeah. trubisky you know guys like that and i'm sitting there going i'm pretty sure jim ursay when he said when he made that tweet out there in front of his big old jet airliner talking about watch the Super Bowl. You have to have a top franchise quarterback to make it in the NFL. His thoughts were not Mitch Trubisky or Marcus Mariota or anything of that nature. Okay. Uh, and I get, I understand the way the season ended. It left a sour taste in your mouth. 
right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Losing to Vegas, then losing to Jacksonville in Jacksonville, where it seems like the Indianapolis Colts can't just get a win ever down there. I mean, even Rivers lost right. down there, you know. But so at the same time, huh? I said we lost in 2010 down there when we should have killed. Yeah. Too. I don't know what it is about that place. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I I I do have a question about that here in a minute, but man, I, I'm sitting there, and then you look at the draft, and this is not a draft to go. Oh, there's my guy for the future. There's the guy that I am going to sell out, trade a whole bunch of stuff just to make sure I get him because I know for a fact this dude is going to be our franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. There just isn't a guy like that in this draft, you know? So even though we had that sour taste in our mouth, you figure before we, before that Raiders game, you know, right after the Cardinals game, everybody was talking about the Indianapolis Colts are a team nobody wants to face in the playoffs. Yep. Nobody. And then Indy drops two in a row, doesn't make the playoffs. And to me, it feels like Carson Wentz became the scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It kind of came out of nowhere with the like, – like I'm not going to say it came out of nowhere, but I was not expecting – Jim Mersey, Chris Ballard to kind of go out on record like they did um, mm-hmm. and, and basically saying that they wasn't, you know, pleased with the quarterback position. Because you look at how Carson got there, Frank Wright basically put his, you know, chest on the line, mm-hmm. put his whole, you know, rep on the line to get Carson over there, thinking that he was the glue to Carson's uh, success in Philly, like the the match made in heaven. Like, you know, um, you know Carson under, uh, under uh, Coach Wright, you know, he, he'd been playing well. So we just thought that that, that was going to continue uh, with the Colts. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a mental thing or or what it is with Carson and, and what happened in Philly and how that ended in that situation. Because you look at Philly, they lose Carson. Jalen Hurts becomes quarterback. They make the playoffs. And it's just like, so what it is about Carson that that is just not, you know, working. And then you go back to Jim Irsay and, you know, Chris Ballard saying what they're saying. But when they say that, like I said earlier, I just thought it was a plan in place. They knew a guy that they wanted going forward. And right now I feel like maybe they did. And now the tables might have turned a little bit to where, you know, they're kind of, you know, with the rest of the guys trying to get quarterbacks. I don't think they really know who it is that they're going to get because there's no guarantee that Jimmy's going to come. There's no guarantee that Derek Hart, like they're on their respective teams, you know, right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of as a as a, a fan and the coach fan base, bring Jimmy Garoppolo over there and see the reaction of the fans. Bring, uh, you know, a quarterback that hasn't been as accomplished, even though Jimmy Garoppolo has been – to a Super Bowl and uh, and had success, got a great winning percentage and all that. But when you watch Jimmy Garoppolo play, you know, we're used to the Peyton Mannings. We're used to the Andrew Luck. We're used to our quarterbacks being able to win games. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback that's going to win you a game. He might not mess up a game, but he's not one that's going to go out there and win those big games when you need him. You know, and uh, and I just think that, like you said, there's not a quarterback in the draft that you see as a franchise quarterback for the next 10 or 15 years. And uh, I, I, I would love to talk to Chris to see what the plan is or what he's thinking, uh, because the only quarterback that you would see in the in the trade market right now uh, is is in your rival at Houston with Deshaun Watson, with um, all the things that's coming out now, how he's not going to be charged and, you know, all those things. So he's a hot, you know, guy in the market. But who's to say that he is going to? you know, trade within the division that normally never happens at that, at that uh, level of quarterback play. So I don't know who we're going to get. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of eager to see how all this stuff is going to play out pretty soon. Yeah. The whole Deshaun. Oh my goodness. I had arguments with people all over Twitter about the, if, if, if Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay are set, they have to go get Deshaun Watson or they have, failed and they need to be fired and I'm sitting there going do you really honestly think the Colts could give offer five first round picks Quentin Nelson Darius Leonard you know to the Houston Texans the Texans would hang up on them 
All right. (laughs) You don't go from division to division with a lead player like that. No, Uh, it's it's one thing, maybe like uh, a cornerback or or something of that nature. But when you're talking a top five franchise quarterback, you know, a game changing quarter, because he is, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson is easily a top five quarterback. Heck, and he played his last year in Houston. Unbelievable. With no Hopkins. <laughs> Unbelievable. He had his best season, he right? Did. He did. It was uh, He was like, fine, you want to trade away my best players and give me Randall Cobb, right? I'll, <laughs> I'll show you what I can do, you know? Yeah. And he goes out and throws for 5,000 yards and umpteen million touchdowns and all. It just has a great season. So, yes. He is definitely a top five, arguably a top three. The only issue is he didn't play last year, so we it's, right. it's, he, he, yeah. you have to kind of drop him a little bit. But he's still definitely a great quarterback, and there's no way they're going to trade him to the Colts. The problem with Wentz, I think Wentz's downfall is all what makes him great, okay? And that's his competitiveness. Mm. I think that that is that whole uh, – what helps you burns you right um you he goes out there he makes great plays and a lot of these great plays is extending a play Mm -hmm. getting away from a sack where you absolutely thought for sure there was three guys with hands on him and you know disappeared in the pile in the scrum and comes out of it and runs 15 yards for a first down you know on third down but that that mentality also is what gets you the two guys draped on and bringing him down. He takes the ball, puts it in his left hand and just throws it out there for, you know, an interception or something. That's the exact same mentality that gets you both of those plays. I think that's the one biggest problem that Carson Wentz had. And that's really the only reason I could see to getting rid of him was because uh the highs and the lows you know right right and i agree you know you watch carson play he he makes some wild throws he makes those throws sometimes that you're just like this is the carson that everybody loves but in that same situation just like you said that wild throw of extending the play you know escaping three or four guys and <clears throat> throwing a ball on a rope to michael Pittman, you know for a touchdown is great and then the next scenario same situation but it's a fumble but it's an interception for a touchdown. And it always happens like in the most crucial as time in the game. So that, that like you said, so you might be right in that. I think that's his downfall because when he does make the big plays and the big throws, I, I know when I've watched him, um, you know, this past year with the coach, it's always with like early in the game, you know, within those first two or three quarters. But in the fourth quarter, it's always just like Carson. No, just throw the check down. No, Carson, just take the sack. <laughs> Like, no, Carson, like, don't do that, you know? So you, you're right. You know, maybe the things that make him great is the things that also uh, can kill kill a guy as well. So, um, yeah, man, it, it, I, I guess from a fan's, you know, standpoint, I can see the frustration with that. You know, we're not – we were used to Andrew Luck doing that, but we didn't see Andrew Luck, you know, fumble too many times in the clutch. Like, he was in the fourth quarter scrambling, diving over the Chiefs for a touchdown when he should have never even been able to do that to win the game. So I can definitely understand the fans just being spoiled. Like, we're used to those plays happening in our good favor, you know, all the time in the fourth quarter. This is like a a new to us that we're turning the ball over from our quarterback, you know, in these clutch situations. Because, like you said, you go back to the Peyton Mannings and the Andrew Lux and Phillip Rivers and all that. They took pride in protecting the ball and, you know, doing those type things. And, you know, interceptions happen from for everybody. I'm not necessarily saying like interceptions within the game, but I'm just more so talking about like what you said, the extending of plays, like trying to always make the big play instead of just continuing to let the game come to you and take your shots when the opportunity comes. So I definitely understand the frustration uh, that the coaches probably had with that. Chris Ballard probably had with that. Jim Ursay, you know, I know he probably was frustrated just because of, you know, the, the, he's known for drafting good quarterbacks and, you know, doing these things. So, uh, when, when things are not going his way from that position, you know, you, you, you see them starting to speak out and things like that. But 
you know, just going back to what we talked about earlier, I, I don't know where we go from, like what quarterback out there right now is going to give us that security that we want, you know, from the quarterback position, because we know that we're going to have to have a top quarterback to win in this division. I mean, in the AFC, you look around, if you don't got a quarterback in the AFC, you don't have a shot, period. You know, you've no. got Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, Mahomes, all these guys that's competing for day in, day out. And you know that they're going to be in that race. If you don't got a quarterback that can match what they're doing, it's just going to be hard to win. You can have a top defense all you want. You can you can have great wide receivers. You got great running backs like we got in Jonathan Taylor running for 2000 yard and all that type of stuff. You can have all that. But if you don't have the guy at the quarterback position that can lead those guys, it's just not going to it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. I mean, we didn't make the playoffs in a division where it wasn't the strongest ever. You know, you got Jacksonville, you got Houston that was struggling and Titans had their run. But, you know, we've owned the Titans for so damn long, man, like we're not scared of the Titans or anything like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we always, we've always known the Titans are kind of chasing our success, chasing the Colts, you know, trying to take over that division and everything. So um, coming off last year, I just knew we were going to make the playoffs. And, and like I was one of the ones saying, if we get in the playoffs, y'all don't want to play the Colts. We got good defense and we run the ball. It's like, you don't want, you don't want to face that in the mm -hmm. playoffs, especially when you got that rhythm and you got that momentum going. And whatever happened that Jacksonville week where we just had to win to get in, I, I, I'm just kind of still baffled about it because it just don't make sense. And then on the on the outskirts, I kind of wonder how practice was with Carson. Was he a true leader? You know, how he was in the locker room, how he was outside the building. Was it more of a family atmosphere? Was it, you know, was it more of a Carson just being with his guy? Like it was just something that just didn't seem like it worked, like how normally a team would be when they're in rhythm and trying to make the playoffs with all these goals. So, you know, I'm, I, again, I'm just eager to see where are we going to go from here? Like who's going to be the next guy to kind of take on that that role? Because it's a hard role to play quarterback in Indiana. I mean, Indianapolis with the Colts because of the expectations of the quarterback play. You know, so I'm just kind of eager to see who's going to be willing to, you know, take on that role because we got pieces. You got a lot of pieces that you can be a damn good team and be a contender with the right guy. So I understand Chris Ballard's frustration, uh, Mr. Ursay's frustration. I understand all that. But at that same token, and while our feet is still on the ground, we don't I, I don't see a guy out there that just takes us over the hump more than what Carson did. You know, Derek Carr has his own problems. Jimmy Garoppolo has his own problems like. You know, I don't see all these guys that just come in here that's going to make us that much better. So, and like you said, there's not a guy in the draft, uh, at least that I've seen, that, you know, I would be just thrilled about him being my starting quarterback. So, um, you know, Chris Ballard, hopefully he has a, you know, he has a plan. You know, the guy is great with putting the roster together and doing all those things. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what's happening in the next few weeks. Yeah, if you don't think that um, you need a good quarterback to contend once you get in the playoffs. Now, I will say defense wins championships. Yep. People people will say, well, you need an offense. You need an offense. The last two Super Bowls were won by defense. Defense. Period. Yep. It, absolutely. Um, you go watch Joe Burrow run for his life. You know, that's what happened last year. Go look at Patrick Mahomes the year before running yep. for his run life. For his life. Yep. Right. Um, defense win championships, but you need a good quarterback. And all. if you don't think you do go watch this past season's AFC championship, don't even watch the, the full game. Just go watch the last six minutes of that game. Okay. Between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, go watch that six minutes and you will see that you're right. The AFC, when it comes to the quarterback play is just, unbelievable it's, it's it's at a level it's never seen before yeah. and we need something we do we need a top five quarterback with the roster we have absolutely not i don't believe but we need somebody who is going to make plays when they're needed when he's called upon but not make the mistakes you know where you're turning the football over a whole bunch. You know you never want to give a Patrick Mahomes or or a Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson extra touches for the football, ever, ever, ever. So I got a question know, you, for you. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind me cutting you off, I got a question. Oh no, no go ahead. Do you do you think we were on the phone with Seattle? 
with the with Russell Wilson being traded to Denver, do you think that we were maybe in those talks as well? You know, because that would that would have been a guy that I'm like, yeah, you get Russell Wilson over here, you got a game changer. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that we maybe was on the phone in those conversations, or maybe just didn't have the right deal or package, you know, to make that happen? I think that he was on the phone with multiple teams. Um, Ballard just doesn't strike me as a guy that leaves stones unturned, right? right? And I think that he, you know, we heard everybody, including Ballard, saying, I'm all in, right? All in on getting somebody. And you're you're possibly right. I think it might be, you know, the trade happened because he had something set up. Because he doesn't seem like the guy who's going to empty out, you know, the entire room and not have something to replace it. And you're right. He might have been in on that on that Russell Wilson uh, uh, trade or, you know, possibly talking to Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, um, it's pop. Maybe he was talking to Arizona. You know, I mean, there was those talks about, you know, Kyler Murray as well. So, but then also I'm thinking maybe he needed to make that cap space for a reason. Maybe he needed that third round pick this year extra for a trade or something. Maybe he needed that. But the good, the, the thing about Ballard and his trading, you don't hear anything about it until That's it's true. said officially. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I mean, look at the DeForest Buckner. There was not a whisper. No one knew nothing about the DeForest Buckner trade. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's announced. And you're like, what? This is awesome. You know? Uh, <laughs> so I would not be surprised if um, out of the blue, there's a trade that, you know, no one even was thinking about at the time. You know? Uh, now, I don't think, I don't. I don't think it's going to be Deshaun Watson, guys. I, I really don't. I don't like I, don't I said, <laughs> it would it would take a king's ransom for Ballard to get him. I yeah. just it would. Um, Bill O'Brien is no longer the GM over there. He's not trading Hopkins for you know a bag of M and M's and a chips. Right. You know, uh, so it's Nick Casario now, the the, the former Patriot uh, guy. Um, well, Bill O'Brien was former Patriot too. So that's, yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> What's up, go. Belichick? Who, how, what are you teaching your guys down there? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, th- there is a possibility you're, you're right. That he probably did have, or currently has something in place and either, you know, the Aaron Rodgers or the Russell Wilson thing fell through, or we have yet to see it come to fruition. Right. And I'm hoping it's the second part, you know, because I don't want to rest my future on a Desmond Ritter, you know, or something right. of that nature or, or Carson Strong or something uh, or Jimmy Garoppolo or Gardner Minshew. <sighs> Honestly, I kind of like Gardner Minshew. I say, I'm a fan of Gardner. I just like his competitiveness get, and yeah. his confidence on the field. <laughs> I, I do like Gardner Minshew. Um, he didn't have, I, I, I thought he played well. He didn't have the guys around him at the time. Um, and to be fair, Mitch Trubisky over in Chicago, I mean, all he had was Allen Robinson. Right. You know, he had no offensive line. He, he, the running back core was not very good. And, and, Matt Nagy was calling the plays. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. so uh, how uh, name me a quarterback in Chicago that's been worth a darn the last six years? You know, nobody. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- there is a chance that Mitch Trubisky is, you know, better than what we've seen. So possibly he might be someone we could go with. But I wouldn't want to rest all I wouldn't want to put all the eggs in that basket, you know. Right. That's the thing. Bring him into camp, see what he's got. I mean, so who do you see as out of all the options that that's out there, all the rumors that we heard, who do you see as all right, this would be the better fit for the options that we have? This guy right here. I, t- I mean, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr as my store, starting quarterback if I, that's who I had to choose from as well, because they are 
good NFL quarterbacks. But just from my standpoint, when we're talking coach, we're talking trying to get to the Super Bowl. Like we're not talking just trying to win 11 games and lose first round of the playoffs or anything. Like we want a guy that's literally going to take over and be the franchise guy that this team always uh, have needed and wanted and always have had. I mean, just in the past on, on, on good quarterbacks. So out of the options that that's out there, who do you think would fit best far as style of play, maybe personality, like who fits the coach mode? Okay. So I'm not a fan of Garoppolo. Okay. Um, He's good at, managing a game which is nice he don't right. generally turn the football over I, I i am fully aware of that uh my issue with him is he's not good when he's throwing the football past 15 yards i was about to say he, he misses a lot of targets he misses a lot of targets downfield and if you uh if you're third down and long that's a bad situation to put jimmy garoppolo in um he gets most of his stuff off of yak, right? Uh, a lot of yak yards with him. Uh, when, when you got, you know, Debo and, mm -hmm. and Kittle and those kind of guys system. over there. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, you know, the Kyle Shanahan system. Um, stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just, if it turns out to be a shootout, Derek Hart. I don't think, I, I don't think that, that Jimmy Garoppolo can pull that off. Derek Carr, on the other hand, when it comes to a shootout or something of that nature, he's great at that. But again, he kind of has, we, we, we kind of touched on this earlier. He doesn't have the greatest pocket awareness. Mm -hmm. And if he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage with the ball in his hands, most of the time the ball is coming out, yeah. you know, and, and you can't have that either that's a problem um but Carr is a very accurate passer and he can he can make any passes anywhere on the field that you need a quarterback to do so if it came between garoppolo and Carr, i would probably pick Carr, and i think Carr would cost more on the trade no by question. far no question um <laughs> but is Carr someone that you want to hang your hat on for the next 10 years. That's, the, that's the big question. You know, is that somebody that you would be like, you know what, this is our guy. Um, I don't know. Whoever becomes quarterback, obviously, do you think that it'd be a situation where if we trade for a certain guy and get that, we will be extending this guy just because of the the assets that might have to be given up and you know talking future long term do you do you uh, i guess do you think chris ballard will go in a situation this year and get a quarterback just for like a one-year deal like like a one-time stop or do you think it'll be a quarterback that's going to be here for the next four or five years if he make this trade or sign in free agency or whatever the case may be unfortunately with what I have seen of the market out there right now, I think we're going to get another year similar to the last four years. I think we're going to get a one-year stopgap. Um, unless something magical happens that we're not expecting, like we talked about, you know, uh, there just isn't the guy out there right now. I, I, I don't see it. Um, every year, the market is different. Yep. Every year, somebody's out there at the free agent market or the draft has got, you know, different guys. This year, the draft don't look great. Next year, you know, it may be loaded, you know. Um, you, you just never know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I got a feeling that we're probably going to end up getting – he'll pick up a stopgap uh, this year. If he turns out great, maybe he gets extended. You know, make the playoffs, make a playoff, win a game or two in the playoffs, that quarterback might get extended. But I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting uh, get a guy who fits our system really good as a stopgap uh, for one year, uh, pile up some uh, – either pile up draft picks for next year's draft 
for ammunition to go after who you want or as a trade in the free agency market um, or pick up somebody in this draft on the cheap and see if you can't, you know, hone him into your future starter later on. That's that's the only two options. I don't see a long-term quarterback uh, coming out of this year for the Indianapolis Colts. Do you, do you think that if we do a, a, another one-time stop and it doesn't go well, say like this year, do you think Ursay has the patience with Coach Wright and, and Chris and trying to figure it out for another year again, another two years, another, you know what I mean? Do you think, because I feel like it's Ursay whose patience is starting to run thin. And this is the most, you know, Ursay has always been the most entertaining uh, owner that we got, like far as his rock star stuff and, you know, the stories and all that type of thing. But this is the first time I've ever heard him speak out about a certain position and what he's expecting it to be. So it feels like his patience is uh, starting to run a little thin that we haven't found the franchise quarterback going forward. You know, the, the fact that ever since, you know, Luck retired, it's just been, you know, quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And he's not used to that. You know, he's used to, you know, one guy being the guy for a number of years. So do you think his patience is starting to run thin? Like, because you look at the defense, you got a top defense. You got a great offensive line. You got a great running back. You got good receivers around you. Like, we're just missing one key piece. And it feels like his patience is starting to run thin a little bit. Yes, I think he's. I wouldn't say pay. I'd say he's getting frustrated. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's, he's losing because in all honesty, Chris Ballard's going to, you know, all you got to do for this upcoming season is go, who'd you expect me to go get? Right. Who was right. there that you wanted me to go get? Right. Because there was nobody. Uh, did you see what they gave up for Russell Wilson? Right. Uh, <laughs> go back to last year. Did you see what the Rams gave up gave for up. Stafford? You right. know, um, here here in a couple days. Did you see what they gave up for Deshaun Watson? Um, would I be willing to drop three first round picks on a franchise 10, 15 year starter? Probably. At this point, probably. Uh, because they're rare. If you can get a top five, top seven quarterback in the NFL for 10 years, it's worth it because it's so hard to find those type of quarterbacks. They don't grow on trees, you know, right. they're very, very rare, but because they're so rare, it's very difficult to grab because generally it's whether or not the quarterback will go to your organization as well, right? Mm -hmm. And right now the Colts don't have a left tackle, um, which means blindside right now yep. for any quarterback comes in is not answered. Most important uh, position on the line right there. Yeah. Um, we have one receiver right now, like proven receiver, uh, because look, I love T.Y. as much as the next guy, but he's not been reliable for the last few years. It's you know, banged up a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he has. Uh Paris Campbell definitely has not been reliable. Uh, Michael Pittman had a great season last year. Yeah. I think he stepped up. That's great. But, you know, who's your number two? That's Patman, right. right? I mean, come on now. Jack Doyle just retired. Yep. The only tight end we have on our roster right now is Kylan Granson, a second-year guy who made some strides last year. But there just isn't, you know, a good selling point for quarterbacks right now here in Indy. Cause you're like, you walk in, go, well, we have a good running game. That's all you can say. What else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all you can. You might get destroyed by your blind side game after game after game, you know, and you have to stare down one receiver, you know, the rest of the whole season. But you know, uh, you have a good run game. How's right. your handoff? <laughs> right. <laughs> um so you have to sell your team to a quarterback and it's difficult to do that um when you don't have the right pieces in place for said quarterback it just like the reverse you know it, it it's hard to sell the pieces 
uh, like receivers and tight ends if you don't have the quarterback in place. So um, Ballard is in a bit of a bind this year, not only because of the quarterback market, but because he's not in a position to sell that uh, to other quarterbacks. So this is, he's got to get one or the other. He's got to get those pieces in place and get a stopgap, a guy that just is wanting a job that you think fits really good with the system or go all in for somebody and then get those pieces next year. You know, that's, that's the thing. How, how are we looking cap space? I'm about to say we can go get Allen Robinson and then we can give up some stuff and go get a top quarterback and then boom, it just changes your outlook on different things. So that might be like that plan B that he has like, look, we got a bunch of assets, you know, we got some cap space, we can sign a top receiver or whatever the case may be, but you know, you're going to just have to be willing to give up a good player or two, maybe on the defense with some picks to get what you want, you know, as far as offense. Cause like you said, you can have the greatest defense ever, but if you don't have an offense that can put up any points, you know, it's just a defense being wasted that year at the end of the day. If they can't help you on the Super Bowl stage, there's no point of having a good defense just for 17 games and then not making the playoffs. So if you are able to sign a top guy in free agency, wide receiver, and use some of these assets and that you got far as in your pocket with picks and maybe a certain player or two contract might be getting ready to come up and you might not be able to afford this guy, but willing to trade him and, you know, bring in a big time quarterback or try to get one, you know, that, that fits what you're trying to do. That selling point again, that you just made, maybe that's plan B and he's just now trying to wait to free agency, get here to see how everything is going to, you know, shape up or whatever the case may be. But I mean, you're right. You know, if I'm a top receiver or, or a top anything and, you know, I'm looking at the coach, like you said, like, you know, who's going to throw me the ball? Like, why would I sign here without, you know, ooh, Sam Ellinger is about to throw me the ball? Like, you know, you got <laughs> him right now. And I'm not knocking Sam. I think Sam is going to be a good player one day, but he's just not ready yet for the role that the coach no. need that quarterback position to be. So uh, no. you're right in that selling point. So I think it's just one of those things that, I know we value draft picks a lot. We do. But your good teams, the teams that compete for it every year, don't value it as much. They are doing whatever they can possibly to get whoever they want to get to win right now. And I think Chris may be in that situation to where he's realizing, like, even though we can have all this cap space, all these picks or whatever, and, and continue to go about the coach way how we doing because coach were known for drafting good good players throughout the years and taking care of their players especially if you go back to the bill polling days and all that they were always known for just drafting players and keeping players you know for as long as they could as long as they were doing their jobs or whatnot but in today's football People are doing whatever they got to do to win right now. Like you said, look what the Chargers did. They gave up everything to get all those players, you know, all those superstars on one team, and it paid off. You know, it paid off at the end. You know, not saying that they might go in a slump for the next couple of years uh, once they lose some guys, but, you know, it might be one of those things that, that Chris is going to have to be willing to maybe lose a guy or two to get, you know, guys to fit that mold to win now. And uh, just got to deal with, you know, deal with the you know, consequences of that. You know, if we continue to wait, you know, everybody else is just going to continue to get better for that year. Nobody's necessarily thinking long term when it comes to winning a Super Bowl uh, right now. You look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, they, they were able to resign all their guys the previous year and it paid off, you know, won the Super Bowl. And then, like I said, you look at the Chargers, you know, they gave up everything. I don't even know if they got a draft pick this year. You know, but it worked. You know, they they won the Super Bowl. So, well, that was know, the Rams. I meant the Rams. Well, I say the damn Chargers. <laughs> Chargers. You know, yeah. 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 Get <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it just might be one of those situations where Chris is going to have to unload the clip, you know, and give up some stuff and get the guys that, you know, he believes that, you know, uh, be able to take this team over the top. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to play in a dome? Who wouldn't want to, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of, perks and playing in india as well even though it's a cold climate area and all that but you play indoors you know so say if you're one of those quarterbacks you know that that every time the playoffs come you got to be in these outdoor weather situations and all that type of stuff and it's just harder on you you know coach is a place to where you can come and 
play indoors for those uh, playoff run and get to a Super Bowl. So maybe Chris is getting ready to do a load the clip this free agency, and we're gonna and it's just gonna shock everybody, just like the Buckner trade and all the other things that he's done so far. I hope so. I hope so. They got oh uh, what about seventy one million dollars now? Uh, they lead the NFL after that Carson Wentz trade, after freeing up all twenty eight million dollars of that. Uh, the fact that he pulled that off was amazing in itself. I thought I was just like, oh, damn, like he really <laughs> was able yeah. to pull off that to where yeah. they were going to take on all of that. So I thought that was amazing in itself, but mm-hmm. I just thought he had a plan. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. I am Lawrence Owen. That is Gerard Powers. With me today from the Burgundy Network podcast is Brian Murphy. Brian, how are we doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's it's not often that the Colts and the, the Commanders or whatever they're known as are often linked, but obviously this week that changed and, uh, you know, they're linked in a big way. Quarterback's the biggest position around and here we are swapping uh, quarterback uh, for picks and uh it caught me off guard i'll have to ask you how you felt about it um but yeah pretty pretty exciting nonetheless and uh, we'll see where we go from here well from the colts standpoint it did catch me off guard because there was no move to get a player before releasing him Mm -hmm. and that was a problem you know that's really the only thing i have uh issues with this trade other than the fact that he didn't really have a real off, he didn't have an off season with Indy, so he didn't have that chance to really work with the team before the season even started due to you know his foot injury. Um, I would have liked to have seen that, but what the Indianapolis Colts got in return for him, I felt like was pretty fair for what we saw last year. Uh, they took on the entire contract, which was is nice for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, frees up $28 million for the Colts to maybe go out and get somebody. Um, and then of course a third round pick this year. And I believe a third round pick next year that can change into a second round pick, which if you look at it this way, basically the Indianapolis Colts for a one-year rental on Carson Wentz exchanged the first round pick for a second round pick. If Wentz plays, uh, the season for the commanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 70% of the snaps uh, for Carson Wentz, which, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think that's pretty easily done. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of already writing it off as a second round pick. So a second and a third round pick. Uh, one, one of the issues I had with it was taking on the entire contract. I felt like Washington was in a good spot to um, spend some money, but 28 million is a, is a hefty, hefty paycheck there. Um So that was, you know, I know it makes a lot of sense for the Colts and they were happy about it, but, you know, it did kind of tie up Washington a little bit. They they had to ask Landon Collins to restructure for a second time to take a second pay cut. And I don't know anybody that likes taking a first one, much less a second one. So he'll be gone. You know, it's already kind of having a domino effect. Obviously, the quarterback is the most important position. And listen, at the end of the day. The commanders got better. You know, I, I, I love Taylor Heineke. If you've listened to this show, listen to my show, Burgundy Network podcast. I went to high school with the kid. I think he's really a great story, but there's no doubt about it that Carson Wentz is a better NFL quarterback. So the commanders got better. It's hard to, to knock that and to get upset about it. Um, it's just a couple of the details that kind of not rub me the wrong way, but we're just like, okay, that's questionable. But you know, we saw what the Rams did. We've seen what what teams have done. You can't pay too high of a price for a quarterback. And so if they believe that Carson Wentz is their guy, we'll see if he is. But if they believe that he's their guy, you know, it's not too big of a price tag. Like you said, a second and a third round pick. They can get out of his contract after this year if it's an absolute disaster. So overall, I think it's a solid trade. Um, I, I do just have a, a couple of question marks with it, but that comes with every trade. I mean, you got to think that the the Broncos are wondering if they gave up too much for, for Russell Wilson. And, you know, he's one of the top 10 players in the league. So that's what happens with trades. It really is not, you're not going to be able to tell if it was a good trade until the season plays out. And so right now we're just speculating, but um, overall not too bad. And, you know, we'll see what Carson Wentz has to bring to the table. Oh, yeah. Wait till that Watson trade happens. You're just mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, wow, we got away scot-free. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, speaking of, you know, of Watson 
I'm understanding the Eagles are interested in him, but that would be a weird situation going Mm -hmm. on down there, you know, Uh, with with Carson now in Washington rather than Philly, and then Deshaun going down there, and it's just it's weird because carousel, yep, yeah, yeah, and and that's what happens sometimes in the NFL, right? Um, When it comes to Carson Wentz, what is it about him that you believe makes the Washington commanders better. I, I I would like to throw one thing out. He is a tough SOB. All mm-hmm. right. This guy does, you know, he might get hurt and he'll go out there and play on it. He don't care. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we all know about, uh, what was it? Week two, I think it was against the Rams where he rolls both of his ankles in the same game. Um, and then the very next week, he's hobbling out there against the Titans, you know, and can't move at all. And you know that, that Carson, that's one of Carson Wentz's best attributes is his ability to extend plays and, and and get away from stuff. But that's one thing that I absolutely loved about him. No one could ever question his toughness. What were some things that you think that he is going to bring to the table for the commanders to make them a better football team this year? Well, look, we're we're pretty well versed with him it being in the NFC East, having faced him for however many years with the Eagles. And yeah, that was the big thing was extending plays. Uh, you just couldn't seem to bring him down. You thought you had him down. Then, you know, he's hitting a bomb over top of you. Uh, so, yeah, definitely his toughness is something I'm excited for. I know that he's going to give it his all every game, which is something to to be commended and not something that every quarterback does, sadly. So I'm excited about that. Um, one of the other things I'm excited for is Terry McLaurin. Uh, I saw several times where he was definitely open and a ball was underthrown or not thrown well. Um, there's a reason he led the league in contested catches last year. A lot of those were uh, not very well thrown balls. You know, he was he was open in a lot of those situations and he had to come back for them and, and turn them into jump balls. You know, every highlight you watch of Carson Wentz is him taking a shot downfield, which gets me really excited for Terry McLaurin. We haven't really seen him be able to do that over the last couple of years, that deep threat. They also drafted Deami Brown from UNC last year, and there were a couple of times where he got he got loose deep and just they were not able to capitalize on it. So I'm excited for the big play possibility. I think that in Washington, we've seen too many checkdowns over the last few years. It'd be nice to use some of these weapons and to try to get some big play potential out of them. And, you know, Carson Wentz has done that with, with a bunch of different guys and on two different teams. Now, uh, you know, he's throwing to, to receivers I'd never heard of for the Colts, you know, obviously I know Hilton and I know Pittman, but there were guys that he was hitting deep that I didn't know about. And he did that for the Eagles as well. So I'm really excited about the big play potential. And I think that he's going to make some of these receivers and his weapons around him a little bit better. Plus, you know, no offense to Michael Pitt, uh, to, to Pittman, uh, but I think Terry McLaurin might be the best receiver that he's had. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, if they could add another piece along with that, I think that they could really do some damage. So, uh, again, the big play potential is really something I'm looking forward to and hoping that is a theme for uh, the commanders this season. You talk about too many checkdowns and not enough stretch in the field, and that was the complete flip opposite of what a lot of Colts fans was feeling uh, this past season. That, you know, Carson Wentz always number one look downfield. He spends mm-hmm. a lot of time looking downfield, looking for that big play, and then doesn't get to that check down uh, as quickly as a lot of fans would like. Whereas, you know, you you named it. Terry McLaurin will absolutely love Carson Wentz because he will he will keep an eye on him at all times. And if he's he gets, even gets a sliver open, <laughs> Carson Wentz is going to give deliver the football out in that general direction. Um, absolutely. Now, do you think, obviously you believe you, you're hoping that this turns into a long-term deal. I mean, no one goes out and makes a big trade to for a quarterback and goes, well, I can't wait until next year's draft. You know, I mean, you generally don't do that. Right. Um, so with, with, with the Carson Wentz, is this a situation where you look at Carson Wentz and you go, I like what I have as is, or do you think that there are some things about Carson Wentz that possibly uh, he might be able to improve to make this uh, a better long-term deal for the commanders? Look, I'm hoping, I think he's got three years on his contract. I think I'm hoping that he's the quarterback for three straight years. It'd be the first time that 
Washington has had that in who knows how long, which is sad to say. So I would absolutely love for it to to last. But like I said, they can get out after this year uh, without any dead money. And I'm not even ruling out the fact that the potential that they could take a quarterback, you know, in this draft as well. So I think it allows them to have some options. I think best case scenario is he lights it up this year. Him and Terry McLaurin click. Um, you know, they finally get something out of Curtis Samuel. You know, all this stuff goes right. But, you know, it, it's his third team in three years. You know, there, there's something to be said about that as well. So you got to be realistic. But I think that Washington is in a good spot to where they can kind of give this a test run. They can see if it works out. If they like what they see, they can move forward. If not, next year they're they're right back in the same boat. But, it you know, the, they'll be free of money. They're not going to be sitting on a whole bunch of dead money or anything like that. So, you know, I would love for it to work out. But I'm, I've also seen this team not figure out the quarterback position for so many years now that I'm not going to get too, too excited, if that makes sense. I'm trying to look at this from a level – uh, playing field. I like what I've seen from Carson Wentz. He tore up, you know, what was formerly known as, you know, he, he tore up the Redskins, let's, let's say. Um, and so I've seen firsthand what he can do. And I'm hoping that he can do that now in DC, but I'm also kind of hesitant because there are so many things going against him um, that I, I don't know how it's going to work out. You know, I, I'm obviously going to hope that it, it, it does go well, but if after this year, it's a train wreck, you move on and you're looking for a quarterback again, unfortunately, but that's the way the NFL goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm really I'm excited about it, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Now, one one thing that I'm I'm looking at is generally Carson Wentz plays best when he's got a decent offensive line in front of him and somewhat of a run game, obviously, so that you don't have to put all the weight on Carson Wentz's shoulders. Mm-hmm. There's been some recent news about Brandon Sheriff and some other stuff. What's the situation going on with the pass protection down there uh, in Washington? I think the offensive line played pretty well, especially for having to block for four different quarterbacks for the second straight year. I think the offensive line held together. I mean, they had some bumps and bruises, but they found a a diamond in the rough in uh, Charles Leno. They locked him up long term, so they got their left tackle. They were pretty high on Sam Cosme. They spent a second-round pick on him as their right tackle. He was banged up last year, but I think they really like what he can do. Obviously, you mentioned I don't think Sheriff is coming back. I think they're going to look forward to having that uh, compensatory pick, which will hopefully replace the third-round pick that they're giving up for Wentz. But they've got Flowers. um, They've got uh, Sadiq Charles. They've got Wes Schweitzer in the guard. Uh, Chase Roulier is coming off a, a, a broken leg, so hopefully he can get back to the high level he was playing at. But overall, the offensive line is is pretty strong, and I, you got to think that Carson Wentz is is somewhat excited about that. They they also paved some nice holes for Antonio Gibson to have a, a big year on the ground this past season. So I think the offensive line should be pretty solid. Um, there's no there's no Quentin Nelson. Let's not get too excited. I mean, he's he's definitely leaving a, a stud there. But I think overall, this unit is pretty solid. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they use another pick to sure up that offensive line. Obviously, losing an all pro like Sheriff is a big deal. You know, we, we've kind of I, I feel like he's kind of gotten a bad rap at times in Washington because he's always not always he's been injured at times. And so availability is the best ability, but man, that guy is a monster when he's out there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a huge loss, but I think that they, they, they have a game plan for not having him. So all that to be said, I think Carson Wentz has a pretty solid unit in front of them. Five guys that are going to, you know, get after their guys and maul some guys and, and like hitting people and like uh, getting their hands dirty and, and uh, clearing out some paths. So I'm excited about that. I, I feel like the, the offensive line could be one of the, the stronger units on this team, especially if they continue to gel and play well together. So, uh, yeah, I, I like our offensive line. Um, you know, you can always try to get better, but um, I feel like they're pretty solid. If, you know, this is the unit they go with. I'm curious about the fan and the local media thoughts. What's the general feeling around the fandom and the and the local media of the Washington Commanders about this trade? Yeah, I think, you know, if this was just like the first trade that was done in the offseason and there were no rumors or anything like that, I think they'd be like, okay, we're getting a solid quarterback, a guy that has 
uh, played at an MVP type level, largely contributed to a Super Bowl run for a team. Um, I think that people would be okay with Carson Wentz. I think there would be some haters who, why do we want this former Eagle? He's on his third different team. But you can't you can't argue, like I said already, that it's an upgrade. However, when this team has been connected to every quarterback that's been available, when when they've talked about the the fact that they offered a whole bunch last year for Matthew Stafford, that they again were in the Russell Wilson uh, sweepstakes, that they were willing to put a package together for Aaron Rodgers if he came available, that they may or may not have been involved in Deshaun Watson talks, it makes Carson Wentz not seem as as great of a deal as it could have been. I don't know how realistic any of those other quarterbacks were, uh, but you know, it, there's no, it's no knock on Carson Wentz, but he's obviously a step down from those guys. And so I think that there's part of that, that unfairly that he is getting the, the, the blowback, the pushback from that, knowing that this team was kind of dipping their toes in other waters. However, that, that being said, I think people after the initial shock, because I think people just, it kind of came out of nowhere. I think people were like, that might be a plan B plan C plan D move. I think after the initial shock, I think people are coming around and saying, you know what, this guy is a solid competitor. He's going to give you everything he's got. Um, you know, he, he maybe not always wins, but he, he, he puts up, puts together a good season wherever he goes. I think the initial shock is wearing off and people are kind of coming to terms with it and saying, you know what, it is an upgrade. We're going to see our playmakers get the chance to make plays. And I think people are starting to slowly, slowly warm up to it. I think whatever they do in the draft will help to complement Carson Wentz, or that's the idea. And uh, I think people are going to slowly start to warm up for it. I, I know our, our fans can be pretty uh, picky on, on, on their guys, but at the end of the day, they're going to cheer for whoever's in the burgundy and gold. They're going to they're gonna be upset too, but they're going to, at the end of the day, decide and cheer for um, – the guy in burgundy and gold, whoever it is, and uh, they're going to be behind this guy. So I'm excited for it. I think fans, you know, with nothing to talk about, it, it it's easy to nitpick every little part of it, which I'm sure you you know with the Colts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think largely p- people are coming around to it and saying, you know what, all right, this is this is a solid quarterback we got. We have a chance to go and, and make some noise potentially. Yeah, when it comes to guys like Matt Stafford and Russell, you got like. 20 other teams that you're fighting with you know and fans don't realize this not generally they don't look at it and go well we just didn't go all in we could have had them we just that's a failure by our our gm and i'm just Mm -hmm. like well first off the team gotta want to trade then they want to be able to trade it in your the division that you're in i mean obviously like a russell wilson He'd rather trade it out of conference than in right. conference. In conference would cost a whole lot more uh, to to offer anyhow. And then, like Matt Stafford left last year, everybody was after him. Everybody, he he was the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And we all saw how much it took for the Rams to get Stafford off the Lions. And and did it work out for him? Absolutely, they won the Super Bowl, but. That kind of thing just doesn't happen uh, every every single year. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, you don't – I fully expected Aaron Rodgers to stay in Green Bay. How do you give up a guy who just won back-to-back MVPs, right? right. You can't. You can't do that. So, yeah, the, it, it's frustrating seeing how fans react when the guy they want gets picked up by a different team. But at the end of the day – if you get if your team gets somebody that you feel like you can believe in, then they've done something correct, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, yeah. uh, thank you so much for uh, taking about twenty minutes out of your day to sit down and talk with me about the trade. I appreciate. It. Is there any questions you have? Yeah, my question is: uh, I thought that maybe the Colts uh, would have a backup plan in place. Uh, what are they going to do at quarterback now that they have a big uh, gaping hole there under center? See, that's that's very interesting. Um, uh, like I said at the beginning, the, the the one thing that really irks me is there. You know that that was, he was traded before they already had someone there, and now there's this massive hole, as you say, at the quarterback position. That doesn't strike me as a Ballard type deal, right? A Chris Ballard, the the Colts GM type deal. He's he's known for a guy who doesn't take 
massive risks. And leaving an opening like that is just not something that he generally does. So I got a feeling that he has something in place, but Wentz had to be traded first. Like maybe uh, you needed the cap, the extra cap space. Maybe you needed that third round pick as part of the the trade value for whoever it is that you're going for. Uh, I, I, I got to believe in that because right now there's not a lot out there. The Indianapolis Colts are linked, obviously, to Jimmy Garoppolo. They're linked, obviously, um, if you listen to, to Derek Carr uh, in part of a trade in that situation. Uh, and, and a third round pick sounds about right for Jimmy Garoppolo, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and probably could be part of a package for a Derek Carr type trade. So I'm thinking that that's probably what happened is he needed the extra ammunition and the cap space to go make that trade. That's why the Wentz trade had to happen first. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm not used to quarterbacks moving around like they are, but I, I have a feeling that a couple more are coming, so it'll be interesting. This this episode might be out of date before it even gets posted with how much right. how many moves are being made. But uh, yeah, so it'll be exciting to see. Well, you know, the Colts and the the Commanders play each other, so Carson Wentz. It'll be the Carson Wentz game uh, amongst the the two against the Eagles. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll have to talk uh, down the line then as well. Absolutely. We'll get together uh, before the game and kind of break the game down. That sounds like a a great idea. Uh, I want to thank you again, Brian Murphy from the Burgundy Podcast Network, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, I'm Lawrence Owen, as usual, from the Believe in Colts. And until next time, have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.